Coming up on this week's edition of the Smitty and Mitty Show, we'll discuss some baseball with Ottawa Titans broadcaster Davide DiCipio, and the founder and organizer of the Jack Dory Memorial Dirt Bowl will join us on the back half of the show. And now... Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Start your engines! 90% of the time, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. The show that's got everyone saying... You're so dumb, for real. With Smitty. What you just said is one of the most idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. And Mitty. I've been in this business 15 years. What's your name? you. That's my name. (laughs) This is the Smitty Mini Show. Smitty and Mitty Show back for another week here on the TSMS Radio Network and the Smitty and Mitty Show podcast. Tyler Middleton, Noah Smith, joining you for the next hour. We have some exciting interviews, some exciting guests. And yes, I said guests, guests. as there are two guests, guests is. joining us in this hour. And we'll we'll tease what's going to happen next week coming up. But first, we're going to thank our sponsors. Dave Middleton, Sunlight Financial Life is brighter under the sun. Gold line curling, the choice of champions. The Jack Jury Memorial Dirt, Dirt Bowl, Bowl is happening in August. August, uh, what did we decide August on? 13th, August I believe. 13th. And speaking that's tentative because I'm that pretty sure that's what it is. Yeah, okay. Speaking of that tournament. We should know that, though. Speaking of that tournament. Yes. We're going to be joined by Mr. Joey Wentworth. He's one of the organizers of the tournament. Uh, I think he's a founder, one of the founding fathers of the tournament. Uh, he'll join us in the third segment of our show today uh, to talk a little bit about the tournament. And uh, he's also going to Las Vegas to play some pool. That's pretty cool. So we'll that's talk not to it, him. Noah. That's not it. No. Who else are we talking to? Who else are we talking to? Who else are we talking to? I'm talking to you, my friend. Okay, who's the other guest? Come on. Davide DiCipio will join us. He is the media manager as well as the broadcaster with the Ottawa Titans in the Frontier League. So all of our Ottawa listeners, heads up, we got an Ottawa guest coming your way. It's probably the first time in a month or two. Well, that's not true. Who do we have last? Who's our know. last Ottawa guest? Someone to talk about the Sen- uh, Ross, I think, to talk about the Sens. Was that the last one? That was quite yeah, a while that ago. that was a while ago. That was back when the Senators were still in playing. In hockey, yeah. yeah. And they were so still that, a team. That was a while ago. Yeah. They're still a team now. Yeah, it's well, been a while. We've yet to see. We'll it's see what happens next year. Uh, first, we got, got some, some time, time to kill. To we got some time to kill here in the first segment. Uh, we'll bring on Mr. DiCipio in the second segment of the show. So let's talk about some sports. So I wanted to talk about golf. Golf, okay. The Canadian Open happening for the first time in three weeks more, or three weeks, three years. Rory, did you go? I did not. I actually wanted to go. I texted. We should go next time. I texted one of my friends and said, do you want to go Sunday? And um, my wife abruptly reminded me that we have a wedding to pay for, and I probably don't need to spend $100 on a ticket plus whatever lame. I eat and drive there. Lame. Which, I mean, wasn't was a valid, valid point. Valid, it was a lame. valid point. So I wasn't able to make it this year. Next year, I I am completely fine with going because I want to go see these professional golfers. And the field gets bigger and better each year. Rory McIlroy winning it for the second time, back-to-back championships for his 21st, I believe, on the PGA Tour, which puts him right up there in the leaderboard near the top. He's been one. is Is he one of the best golfers in our generation that isn't, you know, a major champion? Yes. What, uh, like... Name someone bigger than him that hasn't won a major. Off the top of my head? Yeah. I have no idea. Right? 
Like, no one that has won as much as him. And I'd be interested to note a stat on that. We should probably do some research before we if come we on If we were going to bring show. these things up, yeah, we should do some research. if we were going to talk about this, we should have done some research. But in very Smitty and Mitty Show fashion, we did not. So if uh, if you're sitting there going, oh, I know the answer to this question. I know the answer. It's then, 11. Uh, then go 11. How would 11 be the answer? I don't know. We were I'm asking just, who else? Exi- oh. Who else? 11? Mr. 11. <laughs> Uh, so go to the Smitty Mitty Show on uh, Twitter or Mitty TSMS on Twitter or Facebook. Send us or a DM. Instagram. Let us know. Let us know if you know the answer to this. But I really wanted to talk about the Live Tour event. Obviously, the Canadian Open was amazing. Um, it was it was ran professionally, incredibly for the first time in so many years. And the Cor- live, course the, looked fantastic. Yes, the Live Tour decided to put their inaugural event at the exact same time of the Canadian Open, which seems like slander towards Canada, and we should do something about it. But the field was okay. There were some big, some names. big names. for Dustin sure. Johnson being on top of it. Phil Mickelson. Phil, this is my question to you, because uh, the winner brought home about $4.5 million, and that is where the draw is. I get that. Even everyone in, in the field won money. I believe Phil shot 10 over and made about $120,000, right? Yeah. There, get, there's, there's no losers. I get that that's why they're there and that's the money. But do you think Phil regrets tarnishing his career, blowing up his image, going over to the live tour, making $120,000 and shooting 10 over par when you have, you know, a Canadian who isn't, you know, one of the biggest names in golf at the top of the leaderboard? I don't know if we can make that call one tournament in. Right, I don't know. But could it have gone worse? No, it couldn't have gone worse. I guess he could have like hurt himself on the first day. Like, is that worse? I guess. Actually, it probably would have been better than shooting ten over. Ten over. So I, I don't know. I don't think it could have got worse. But at the same time, I don't think he's going to make a judgment call on if it was the wrong or the right decision after one event. And look, I understand. Give it a little bit. Give it another month or whenever their next event is scheduled for. Um, give it some time. Give it some time. I don't think it's the right decision. I think he'll come to realize that. But I don't think you can say that he can make that decision right now. It's when we look back at his career towards the end. I understand he's a reigning major champion at the PGA, and I get that. I guess not anymore, but yes. You know what I mean? Yep. But he wasn't playing the best golf he's ever played, period, right? So now he's going over to the Live Tour. He shoots 10 over. And I think that's just who he is now. Like, I don't think he is a four, five, six under kind of guy, kind of lefty, especially if they're going to, you know, set these courses up, maybe more challenging than he thought. I think maybe he went over there thinking, look, I'm going to be the best golfer because I am Phil Mickelson. I've made almost a billion dollars in purses. But instead, he went over there and realized that, you know, this is a professional tour backed by Saudi investors and they're going to do everything A1. And this field, including, you know, Sergio Garcia, um, Dustin Johnson, some other really big names in golf, you know, they're going to be pushing me for a championship as well. This isn't a cakewalk that I thought it would be. I thought, I think he thinks it's like, it would be like a major league player coming back and playing in the MOSPL Senior Baseball League. That would be pretty interesting. And you know what? I think that it might be the mindset that he had. But he knew the field, right? But no, he was the first one to break off. I guess off. he was the first one to break off, so he wouldn't have known at that time. But he had to have known that if Phil Mickelson is going to go, there's going to be some at least decent competitors that are going to follow. You had to figure that out, right? Like, you couldn't have gone in there thinking you were the only one that was going to go over to the Live Tour. I don't, I don't buy that for a second. He had to have known that other people were going to follow him. He had to know that some competition, heck, he was probably banking on some people coming with him, right? He didn't want to be the only guy, I'm sure. 
He was banking on some solid golfers coming with him, and he wasn't ready for it. I mean, he got the former number one in the world coming with him, so he better be ready to play golf. All I'm saying is that if you're going to shoot the, this this score consistently and you've already made a mockery of yourself, you are going to make a horse's rear end out of yourself mm-hmm. in a very quick order, and what was an amazing you know, star-struck career is going to go down the toilet in a hurry, in a major hurry. He's going to go from one of the most beloved lefties. He was called the lefty. He's lefty. He's right? lefty. Not anymore. He had one name. He's lefty. Not anymore. And he 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 does this to himself all for Is it gone already? For money. Is it and gone? How much money could he have made in advertising? In just advertising his name in this country or in the United States and and being a broadcaster for the majors. You you know you see Jim Nance comes on and all of a sudden there's Phil Mickelson sitting with him. That was a real possibility for Phil cuz he was that beloved. So is this money that he is going to back his way into worth losing all those things? No, it's not. He thought Did it nobody was, tell though. him? He thought it Did was. Did nobody in his no, camp he look him have, in the eye and tell him that? He does not have a good financial advisor. And that is the reason why he lost. So, He's going to lose. This is not going to work out for him. So what It hasn't this? so far. It's not going to in the future. Phil Mickelson's career is over. So what does the PGA do now? 11 players leave and go to the live tour and are immediately suspended by the PGA. How long are they gone before they are allowed back? If they, if, if, if right now Dustin Johnson came back to them and said, I made a major mistake. I do not want to do this. Can I come back into the tour? Do they welcome him in? I think maybe in that situation. Yes. But is it just because of the name? What if it's Sergio Garcia? Maybe, man, it's so tough to tell, right? What decision they're going to make. I, they took that pretty seriously. They should. Right? The suspension, they took that pretty seriously. They should. I don't think they're going to be quick to welcome anyone back. And look, I, I am no way sitting here thinking a monopoly over <laughs> over golf, just the PGA being the best tour and the only tour. I don't think that's the right answer either. I, I think some of the major problem comes from where the money's coming from for this event, right? We, we all understand that. Yes. We all know that. Yes, we went over that a couple weeks ago, right. I think. So... I just think that the PGA would be, I think there was a message sent to the golfers that if you leave, you're not coming back, that we cannot welcome you back in for PR reasons. We can't do that. We can't have people leave and come back because what happens to the next event? What happens when they get to their scramble championship, which the live tour is trying to do a scramble championship near the end of the year. What happens when that comes up? The players just leave and come back. They don't want that. If you're gone, you're gone. I think... And I think that memo was sent out. I, I think it was made very clear, and I don't think the PGA will ever, ever, ever welcome any of these players back into their ranks. It is going to become the Barry Bonds and, and Maguire conversation that we have had forever when one of these players publicly says they want to rejoin the PGA and the PGA has to make a decision. It's going to come. And when it comes, we will play this very clip right here. If we can because find we are it. saying it is if coming. If we can find this clip, if we can dig it out, we will play it. But it's going to be tough to find. We've proven that before. Barry Bonds should be a Hall of Famer. <laughs> We've had this discussion many a times. I, I hold that. And I will take Speaking that to which, my the grade. Canadian Hall of Fame, is that not this weekend? That is as this weekend, speak? yes. As we speak, the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame, uh, the 2022 induction ceremony, and I believe the 2020 one class there's two classes going in this weekend 
And I should have checked this once again before. Am I crazy to think Pedro Martinez is going in? Pedro is in, and Pedro, I believe, is going to be there this weekend. He's going to be there. He's also going to be at the Jays game, is what I heard, and he's going to be helping on the broadcast for a bit. Yes, probably because he's in the area. Toronto, St. Mary's, not that far. Bit of a trip. St. Mary's is also getting a floating uh, amusement park. You want to go? We cannot go. Yeah, there's if no we, weight limit. Yeah, okay, if we go... You just have to be over like 54 inches or if something. If we go, then it's going to look like uh, Marine World when everyone's sitting in the stands <laughs> around two seals just sitting on... Look, Ma, the whales are on. <laughs> Can somebody go splash water on them? That guy's hairy. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Why can't he swim? How is he there when he can't swim? I don't know. Ma! <laughs> Can Ma! I have some peanuts to feed them? This show has gone off course. Oh, boy. If I was sitting on one of those floaties and somebody threw me a peanut, though. I'll do tricks. <laughs> I'll do tricks. I'll do whatever you need. Pass me some of them salted peanuts, and I will do whatever trick you want. Joining us from the Frontier League and the newest Ottawa Titans, it is Davide DeCipio. He is the media manager and the broadcaster with the club. Davide, thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you on this Midi Midi show this week. Yeah, thanks, guys, for having me. So how'd you get your start into uh, broadcasting? Oof, uh, I want to say I was about, uh, well, obviously I made my professional debut uh, when I was 18 years old back in the 2018 season in the Can-Am League, but uh, I would have to say the broadcasting journey began when I was probably eight or nine years old in the basement was uh, obviously like every other young broadcaster would be the guy that uh, narrated the play in the basement, whether it was mini sticks or rollerblading or uh, out at the the local field doing whatever and um, obviously got numerous announcing gigs here and there um, and then obviously uh, met some great people along the way whether it was co-ops in high school or my internships uh, wherever it was uh, to get my start in professional baseball and uh, that led me to do the OHL and here I am now. And uh, you obviously right now with the Ottawa Titans in the Frontier League, you've been with the champions. Uh, you've also been with numerous hockey teams, whether it's with Junior A, all the way up to the OHL in Ottawa area. Um, so it's obvious that you can go to different sports and, and it shows that it's important to be able to not just do one thing, but master a few different sports. Yeah, um, I like to, uh, when I was coming up through TSN 1200 here in Ottawa, um, John Roddenberg, who's the, the program director and the morning show host, he's been there for over 25 years now, um, always taught, uh, used the line, got to be a Swiss Army knife. So um, I like to, to think of uh, those words have stuck with me over the last few years uh, to do a variety of different things. Um, I've produced, I've done uh, numerous uh, stuff back at the station uh, for NHL and uh, CFL broadcast. I've even been a spotter with the Red Blacks last year alongside AJ Jackie back. Um, who's a legend in the in the auto area in terms of broadcasting. Um, and then obviously I've um, done my pl- uh, my color stuff, uh, whether that's been in baseball or hockey at both the junior A um, and at the OHL level. And that's led me into be a play-by-play guy um, here um, in professional baseball. And with Ottawa now, uh, the team finally able to get on the field this year, announced into the Frontier League a couple of years ago, of course, with the pandemic and everything going on. Uh, you guys had to wait quite a little bit to get the debut. What's it like to have baseball back in the Ottawa area? I know you're from the area, grew up in the PN. What's it like to finally have pro ball back in the area? Well, uh, it means everything to me. Um, obviously, baseball um, in Ottawa has had a tough, uh, tough time as of late. Um, I think we're on team five in the last 15 years since the Lynx left in 2007. 
but I, I mean, that means everything to me. Um, I played this game since I was four. Um, to have a pro team in my backyard has always been special to me, whether it was the IBL or uh, the Can-Am League down to the Frontier League. But um, it's also uh, special to me to uh, be with the Titans now. Um, I actually called the last game in Ottawa Champions history, and then it was only fitting that I they called the first game in Ottawa Titans history. But uh, it was a long 598 days uh, being with the team since, since day one, since their inception, um, and obviously December of 2020. Um, it, gearing up to play last year, I know we were prepared to be the road team and having our spring training in St. Louis, so I was prepared to go down there. Um, and then obviously that call on, uh, April, I think it was April 17th, will always stick with me that the season got put on hold. Um, it's been a long road since then. Uh, we were a, sh a sh small staff at that time. Um, I took on numerous other roles, whether it was uh, the merchandise and administrative role. I was the box office manager for a little bit. I was, I've, I've helped now uh, get a couple of players under contract in Ottawa. And uh, oh, I did all that before calling a game, what I had uh, anticipated on doing. So um, yeah, obviously we're here now. And obviously it's great to see uh, the team off to a hot start and Ottawa's deserved a winning club. So you talked about the changing hands in the Ottawa baseball uh, scene there. What does that do to, because I know that there's a huge amount of passion in the Ottawa area. Is it just ownership? Is it just uh, geographically? It's hard to find leagues to play in. Yeah. Uh, for um, obviously the Ottawa Lynx uh, were the affiliate uh, of the Expos Orioles and Phillies for 15 years from 93 till 2007. Uh, but then obviously once the, uh, the slow um, roller coaster fall off of the, of the Expos uh, left the Lynx, uh, going elsewhere and obviously winning teams didn't really help that. Um, and then the Rapids in 2008 was that step, excuse me, into in, independent baseball. Um, and the team obviously didn't perform too well. I think they were like 31 and 61 or something like that. Uh, so obviously it wasn't the greatest of teams, but then the Fat Cats really brought the, the community together. Um, obviously being a weekend league and being a, a, a team playing on weekends and playing in a league with all the teams uh, in southeastern or southwestern Ontario uh, made that kind of geographically tough, but the team was winning. Got, fans were coming out. Um, and then obviously there was a double A uh, thing in between there that uh, kind of forced the Fat Cats out. Um, and then the champions had everything going. Uh, of course, the inaugural season in 2015 was pretty, pretty, uh, pretty awesome to be around. Um, 2016 winning the championship and then just kind of um, always felt like the team was never going to return um, after 2016 with the champions. Um, I mean, it was pretty public that the team wanted to change ownerships and, uh, and whatnot. And then obviously when it was last nail in the coffin was the Can-Am and the Frontier League merging and the stadium lease being terminated. And then um, I think now um, having the Cates family um, on board, um, we all know uh, if you're a fan of independent baseball that they run the probably the best organization out in Winnipeg for the last near 30 years in the American association. Um, and just Ottawa needed them. Uh, and obviously they have a world of, uh, uh, a long list of, uh, great references and whatnot. And they, they're going to do great things to Ottawa. And, um, obviously it's off to a great start. Yeah. You talked about how the ownership coming out from Winnipeg, a franchise that has been around and stuck around for a while. So looking good coming through the gates and getting things started in Ottawa, but you talked about the hot start and that's something that if it hasn't got fans into the ballpark yet, it's going to start to because your Ottawa franchise is off to a pretty good start here in this 2022 season. What's the ball club look like through the first uh, months or so of the season? 
Yeah, the Frontier League um, is different than any other independent league because you have to carry 10 rookies on your roster at all times. Um, so that makes it uh, the veteran uh, presence for the rest of the roster uh, a little more unbalanced compared to the American Association or the old Can-Am League. But Bobby's done a tremendous job thus far um, in finding the right pieces. Uh, he's been uh, he's said that his past experiences building a ball club have been for the three-run homer. But playing in Ottawa, which was built to the specs, uh, of the old Olympic stadium. Um, it's tougher to hit. It's tough to hit home runs, but the team has hit well over 20, I think 25 now on this season, which is pretty impressive uh, for our ball club. But uh, obviously the mood in the clubhouse is great. Um, I know we have a bunch of different ethnicities represented on this ball club, whether it's Colombia, Panama, uh, the Dominican Republic, Japan, us and Canada. That's great. They're all bonding. Obviously uh, a lot of these guys had never played with each other before. Uh, so building a new team that that makes you got that makes it a, uh, able to build a core um, and a strong clubhouse. And we have a lot of great clubhouse figures, uh, whether it's Kenny Williams or Rodrigo Rosco. The list goes on and on. Zach Westcott and Evan Grills are a couple more veteran guys uh, that are in our clubhouse now. And then obviously the, the team on the field has been spectacular. It's got a, uh, the team is hitting 290 collectively. Uh, Jake Sanford, who was just named the Frontier League Player of the Week, had a huge week at uh, for our team. Um, and then obviously our pitching. Um, I don't think uh, there's a pitching staff uh, in the Frontier League that compares to Ottawa, whether it's Grills, Westcott, uh, Jose Tavares was recently activated. Chris Parisa has uh, been fantastic uh, for the ball club. And Kevin Escorcia uh, is up to, I believe, eight saves now uh, on the season. But it's just from top to bottom, the defense has been great, uh, led by Clay Fisher. Uh, I can list the, name the whole team of what uh, has been going well. Um, and obviously a lot of that has contributed to this nine game win streak and uh, our ball club is just built uh, top to bottom flawlessly. Uh, shift gears a little bit because I read an interesting uh, article or uh, piece. Did you play at the little league world series? I did. <laughs> I did in 2000, 2013. Uh, it's coming up on 10 years now. And uh, obviously it, I can remember everything that that happened. Um, it was probably one of the best experiences of my life. Um, and it's something I wouldn't trade for the world. Now it's not very often we see a team from that part of Canada come out and play in the little league world series. Obviously it's usually BC. It's, it's always, it's always West, BC. It seems, it's always yeah. Langley. So what, what was the difference between you guys to make it to be that team that year? I probably would all be coaching really. Um, and, and the group of guys we had, uh, I was, um, are the nucleus of players. I think, 10 of our 13 that we had on that team that year had played together for two years leading up to that. Um, and I don't know, it's the same down um, in Southern Ontario, but minor. So that the 10, 11 age group, um, we were all together and we'd won a provincial championship. Um, and then I think nine of us were 11 years old that year. So we moved up to major little league, whatever it's called now. Uh, and we got the experience at the provincial championship and we built for 2013. Um, obviously, uh, speaking about 12 years, talk about building, uh, but we were ready for that year. Um, and we uh, lost a, we didn't lose a game until the uh, Canadian championship, which was pretty, um, it was a great run. Uh, we steamrolled through the district championships uh, and the provincial championships. Uh, to get to the nationals. Um, and then we, well, again, we're, we're built on pitching. I think our three, four hitters, uh, one played at Elmira D3 and one went on to say FXU sports, I think hit a combined 45 home runs, which broke a national championship record. Uh, but we, we, we had a fantastic team and um, 
obviously uh, a lot of the guys still keep touch to these to this day and i think we've got something planned here in the next couple of years to to head back down to williamsport for a 10-year reunion um yeah about uh, local baseball in ottawa i think since 2004 uh bc has won all the championships except for two, 2004 and 2013, which were both won by Eastern European Little League. So uh, we got that claim to fame, and um, uh, it's been a tremendous organization to play for. So, I mean, you're – I don't even know how old – I honestly don't even know how old the kids are when, when you go there. But you get off the – 11, 11, 12, and then if you're uh, – if you meet the barrier or whatever, some kids are 13. So when I was down there, I was like a day out for my 13th birthday. So you're 11 to 12, basically. That was going to be my guess, but I didn't want to guess and just be way off. Cause then that would be kind of <laughs> embarrassing. So I kind of went that route. Um, so you get off the, uh, you get off the bus in Williamsport and you're looking around and you're thinking, what did I get myself into? What, what was the feeling when you first saw the stadium, when you first saw the atmosphere, the cameras, everything. Uh, uh, I mean, it's a tournament that every little league kid grows up watching. And I think some big leaguers and, and even adults, uh, watch, but when you're, um, getting there, you, you, the bright lights are on you. ESPN's in your face. Um, fans are in your face, wanting your autograph. I think that was the most starstruck I've ever been was a, why are you asking a 12 year old kid for my autograph? <laughs> but, um, yeah, just, um, so all the, the kids, or all the, the players are kept in a grove up at the top of the hill in Williamsport. Um, and it's all gated off and whatnot. And you're treated like royalty uh, meals, whatnot East. And I think the, the second day we were there um, was the day that we got fitted for everything. And once you get the uniform and you see Canada across the front, you get goosebumps uh, playing for your country. And um, obviously the Easton sponsorship and everything, it was just another whirlwind getting all this brand new gear. Um, and then taking the field, I don't think I've played on a nicer field. I actually, play, growing up playing in Ottawa, I never played at the stadium. So uh, Williamsport is the best field I've ever played at. And, um, obviously, when you're walking out of the Grove, um, they make you walk through the maze of people to get to Volunteer Stadium where the international bracket starts their games. Um, and that was unbelievable. And the full um, crowd, um, our parents and everything, and uh, it was just fantastic and something I'll, I'll never forget. Yeah, a lot of people uh, will never get the chance in their life to play in an international tournament against other countries and and put that Canada, that flag, the name right across your chest. So uh, I know it was something that myself as a 13-year-old, I was like, man, I wish I could do that. And then we were doing our prep for the show, and I was like, no way. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. Yeah, we, we did have the chance uh, two years after that to go to the Intermediate and Junior World Series, but um, as the – as we grew older, um, guys went to more travel ball style stuff. And, um, there were very few, uh, of us left by the last couple of years, but we just fell short in the provincial championships, uh, to Oakville who ultimately went on to represent, uh, Canada at those two world series. But I think I would take the little league world series over those two any day. I, I mean, I'm sorry for harping on this, but I just have so many questions about the little league world series. Did, did it ever dawn on you how crazy it is? How, how just, absolutely insane it is to treat 12 year olds like they're professional athletes which i mean incredible athletes i'm not taking anything away from it i'm just saying 12 years old right you're not even a man yet and here you are playing in front of millions of people on camera people. you have people <laughs> that are dissecting your swing that you probably never had to talk about before people who are just like who, who don't even take canada seriously as a baseball team and now here you are representing the country yeah um Obviously, as the Canadians, you're kind of put as an underdog, right? Japan or Latin America is always going to steal the show. 
but I think actually we got booed nonstop the game against Czech Republic. I think the game's up on YouTube. Um, it's we, cause they were just introducing video review uh, at the little league world series. Cause I think that's where they test run, ran it for major league baseball. Um, and we challenged back-to-back plays of two steals at home uh, that eventually won us the game. So um, that was something that was, that was crazy. Um, even to have video review in a little league baseball game was, was, I, I don't even know how to describe it, but uh, the umpires telling you not to go on the field in between innings to keep the game going, just to get on, on track with the commercial breaks and all this other stuff. It, you literally felt like a big leaguer for two weeks and it, it was awesome. Well, it's an experience that I know a lot of us wish we could have uh, experienced ourselves, but you got to live it. I feel like you're going to move on. Just wait. Who did you, (laughs) was there anyone on any other teams that, that is, or even your team that was incredibly notable that you played and now are, you know, raking in major leagues, or did you meet anyone? Was it, was David Ortiz there and you got to shake his hand? Cody Bellinger played in the little league world series, although he's probably a few years older than you, I would think. Yeah. uh, Dante Bichette Jr. Was in a couple of years before I was, I believe. Um, I'm trying to remember if there's anybody else like major that will Randall Grichuk. Randall Grichuk obviously played in the League World Series. Um, but my year, uh, Grant Holman threw a no hitter, a seven inning no hitter. Um, he represented the East, uh, the West. Sorry, he was out of Chula Vista, California. Um, I think he was a 12th rounder to the Athletics, and he's currently at um, in the Midwest League with Lansing. So um, there's that name that stands out. Uh, Chad Knight, who was on Connecticut. Uh, currently is with uh, the Yankees organization. I believe he went to Duke. Um, so there's a couple of names there. Uh, meanwhile, on our team, I think a couple, uh, one guy played D1 at Missouri. Um, and then the rest, a couple of them played CIS and, and the rest of us just are nowhere to be found in the game of baseball anymore. Call, other than me, that made, made the pros in some way. Do you get to keep the Jersey? Do you still have it? I do. I do. It's up in my room right now. Um, and then obviously, and there's, um, I got a, a rack uh, full of uh, my hats, uh, phone fingers, and just a bunch of memorabilia that we got uh, while down there, whether it was me or my parents uh, that got a bunch of stuff. Uh, my championship rings there on, on display. Uh, I prior uh, pin trading was, is a big thing in Williamsport that uh, I became addicted to when I was down there. Uh, so I got a pin bag, probably about that, that thick um full of pins from across the world and whatnot that i've that i've done over the uh, that i made while i was down there and then obviously um over the last few provincial championships and canadian championships that were in ottawa back in 2015 that i got the chance to to pin trade so uh, that was the nice little hobby i picked up while i was down there yeah, see that stuff that you keep, you, you take the college, the memories. you yeah. take the college and you put that in the, in the living room. And that's a conversation starter right there. No matter who yeah. you're talking to, it goes from zero to a hundred real quick when they see a camera. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Well, uh, I feel like we went from talking about your career right to the little league world series and we stuck there because why not? When is the next chance we're going to get to talk to someone who got to live out a dream of a lot of us kids growing up? Uh, but anyways, we're basically uh, out of time. We thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure to talk to you, and hopefully uh, we'll talk to you again. Maybe when the playoffs roll around for the Ottawa Titans, and uh, hopefully you guys can continue on your hot winning ways to start the season. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me anytime. I'm Dave Middleton, a proud Sun Life Financial Advisor, and I've got some fantastic ideas for the money that's building up in your bank account due to COVID-19. Make more and protect more. Visit sunlife.ca slash dave.middleton. 
Curling features all the best of what people look for in a new pastime. Great sportsmanship, strategy, athleticism, and community. With nearly a thousand curling centers in Canada, there's probably one near you. If you're interested in trying curling, you can find all the information and equipment you need at goldlinecurling.com. Goldline, the choice of champions. Listen. We all know someone affected by mental health, and that's why we at the Smitty Mitty Show have joined forces with the Jack Jury Memorial Dirt Bowl. Happening at 9 a.m. Saturday, August 13th at Pearson Soccer Fields in Port Elgin, Ontario, a day of flag football awaits you, concluding with raffles, auction, and dinner at the Queen's Bar and Grill. With over $30,000 donated so far this year, looks to be the biggest ever. For more information and where to donate, please visit the Jack Jury Memorial Dirt Bowl on Facebook. You're listening to the Smitty and Mitty Show. All right, welcome back to the Smitty and Mitty Show across the TSMS radio network and on podcast form. Joining us now, we have a special guest, Mr. Joey Wentworth, is joining us on the other side of the camera. Joey is uh, what part of the board? Can I call it that? Um, for the Jack Jury Memorial Dirt Bowl, who is. Uh, Oh, one of our main sponsors now who we are sponsoring as well we're very happy to have joey on he's also a pool hero a pool hero <laughs> a pool legend yeah so this is joey pool wentworth joey, thanks for joining us we appreciate it yeah no worries thanks for having me guys this is cool is that right is that right are you on the board uh yeah we'll call founder? It, what do we call you <laughs> uh i we call ourselves a committee uh, oh, the uh the founder i guess all right, we'll call you the founder. So tell me how uh, the Jack Joy Memorial Dirt Bowl came to be. How did it start? Uh, it was honestly more of like a, a spitball idea at Easter dinner with my uncle, who's uh, the owner of the Queen's Bar and Grill there, Pierre Danini. Um, I just kind of standing there getting ready for Easter dinner was like, man, I got this idea. I'm not really sure how to go about it. Um and he was like, yeah, sure, like, shoot. And so I kind of told him, and, and he was like, oh, let's do it. And um, it just, honestly, it just kind of snowballed from there. It just was this idea that I had burning inside my head that I was like, man, I don't know, should I do it, should I not? And then uh, eventually you just kind of put a pen to paper and just start doing things, and then uh, you kind of end up here. A lot of people from uh, your neck of the woods up there in Port, the Owen Sound area, uh, they know what the tournament's about. They know how it came to be. But for those listening who might not know about Jack and how this tournament came to be, can you tell us a little bit about the story? Uh, yeah, so it all goes back to like when I started coaching football. I, I coached the high school football program here in Port Elgin um, at Saugeen District. Um, I ran into Jack Drury just through football and um, our relationship just kind of grew from there. We came really close and became really good friends. I, I was really young at the time coaching high school football. So he was just a couple of years younger than me. Um, and uh, one day he took his own life. Um, really unfortunate situation. And um, just being such a good friend and he was a student, he was a kid, honestly, like um, it's just, it's such a, it's a devastating loss no matter um who it is like a youth in the community committing suicide like that like it's it's tough it's really um it's hard to swallow even five years later like it's just kind of like how do we get to this point um and and what do we do about it i mean this is what i felt that um i could do my part and and that's just kind of how it all came about and 
it, it really was just through my relationship with Jack and you just, you get so close to someone and then uh, one day everything changes and you just, you kind of want to do something. So you don't have to, um, so many people are affected. You want to help those people not have to kind of be in that same situation again. Yeah. It's always devastating when a life is lost, especially along a young life like that. Um, but you know, from travesty tends to have, you know, good things come out of it. And, uh, and here we are with the dirt bowl. What happens on the day of the dirt bowl? What, what can, uh, can patrons, can people who are going to play, can people who want to donate, what can they look forward to? Ha, you should probably ask my committee for that one. That's such a blur for me on game day. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, it's, it's a busy day. I mean, there's as players, you're looking at, uh, a lot more intense, uh, a lot more physically demanding. I'll, I'll speak for my, uh, my team. Anyways, we thought we were going to walk in there the first year and just, uh, walk away and free and clear, but we all had, uh, we actually, we didn't finish the last, the final three teams, the first year, we all shook hands and agreed that the one team won and the other two teams were like, yeah, we'll go second and third. We don't really care, but, uh, none of us could move. So it's, uh, it is, it's a lot more physically demanding than you think, but uh, it's fun. Everybody, like, there's anywhere from 14 to 60 year old people out there, um, retired folks playing and everything like that. So as a player, you can kind of uh, expect anything um, as a sponsor, you know, there's, there's silent auctions, there's raffles, there's, uh, there's different sponsorship tiers and everything like that. Um as a patron, uh, I don't really know how to, it's, I don't know that I'd call it entertaining, but, uh, it's a fun day. <laughs> like I wouldn't say it's, uh, the flag football world championships by any means, but, uh, it's a pretty fun day. I mean, everybody's there to have fun and, and, uh, it's typically a pretty, pretty smooth day. And, um, there's definitely people that come and just hang out and take it all in. And, and that's really cool too. So there's kind of something for everybody. Now, obviously, within the community, it's been accepted. It's a it's a date that's looked forward to by a lot of people. What's the number that we're looking at in terms of teams and people competing? Obviously, the spectators are going to roll through, but how many teams and how many people are competing this year? What are you looking at? Uh, right now, I think we have 10 teams registered. Uh, 2019, we had 13. Um, in the first year, we had nine. So I, I don't know. I kind of estimate teams have anywhere from six to 10 people. Um, teams roll in till about mid July or end of July there. So there's still time. I'm hoping to get those 13, probably 15 teams. Um, we like, we have space for something like 36 or something like that. I think uh, if we really crunch everything into one full day, we can do 36 team tournament. So um, yeah, once you get players, there's a lot of people who like purchase tickets to come to the event. You can buy a ticket for 25 bucks. That'll get you. Um, you know, the dinner and everything like that at the Queens and you can participate in the raffles and things like that. So um, typically we're about 200, 250 people um, that come and go throughout the teams and the Queens afterwards. Like, it, it's pretty busy in the bar at the Queens there afterwards. Like, it's, it's pretty packed. So. And speaking of which, I just remembered I'm to, to help you with some of the silent auction stuff. I'm supposed to send some messages out completely forgot, but anyone in the own sound <laughs> area who, uh, who is, you know, connected in any kind of way, please reach out to Joey, any help that they can get with, uh, with, you know, pictures, signed pictures, jerseys, whatever needs to come uh, Joey's way to help 
raise some money for this cause. Uh, it would be greatly appreciated. And if people want to donate, if people want to add a team, they can find you guys on Instagram and Facebook, correct? Yeah. Uh, the Jack Drury Memorial Dirt Bowl. Um, and then uh, we can also be emailed at memorial.dirtbowl at gmail.com. Um, any sponsors or anything like that are, are more than welcome to, to send us an email as well. So um, that's how you register your team and everything as well, too. All right, now let's talk about the other cool thing that happened. You guys are heading to Vegas. What happened? Man, a whole lot of luck. Like, <laughs> talk about a Cinderella story. Uh, I Yeah, I don't even know, man. Like, it's just kind of crazy. Like, it's literally just we play pool on Wednesday nights in this, this like, it's a ranked league, I guess, and it's all handicap-based, and I'm uh, I'm a bottom feeder for sure. I definitely didn't uh, didn't carry anybody anywhere uh, through that tournament, but, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. Everybody's handicap has to add up to a certain number and and we played below the handicap all weekend, slayed some dragons along the way. And yeah, I don't know, man, it was so much luck. It's not even funny. And then you just get a free trip to Vegas to go and hope you're lucky some more, I guess. Well, I guess there's a, if there's a place to get lucky, Vegas might be your best bet, but, uh, I'm taken by the way that you just described it. You're not going in there with the highest of expectations of winning anything well i mean we didn't we went down to midland obviously you know we joked around i mean my buddy and i rode down to midland with it was like oh like we're going to vegas we're going to vegas and it's like man let's just hope we don't go one two barbecue on friday night and have a hotel room booked for the weekend for no reason but um so I don't know, man, like you see these guys that are like a six or seven handicap seven specifically, like that's the highest. And like, I mean, these guys don't miss. I I put this guy in a position where he had to go around three balls to hit his ball. And he just walked up with all the confidence in the world and mass ate a ball around and sunk the eight to win. And I'm just sitting there like, it's just like, how do you much pool do you play to get to this point? Cause like, I don't know, once a week ain't it, I guess, for my little handicapped. But you know what he's not doing? He's not going to Vegas. <laughs> he's not, and, and a bunch of scrubs from Bruce County are, I guess. We didn't uh, – I mean, we were in the final, and, and we are all just kind of like, man, it's crazy that we're even in the final. Like, let's just have some fun. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, we're going to play – we're going to Vegas for, uh, for free for the most part to play pool. It's crazy, but it's like it's – I, I guess I don't even know what to expect. Like, I really don't know what to expect in Vegas. I guess there's going to be thousands of people. Like some weirdly serious pool. Like it's very competitive and you wouldn't believe it. All right. Well, uh, stay safe in yeah. Vegas. And we're going to need the live stream yeah. details. Yeah. Remember, remember hey, your friends at the Smitty Mitty show. If we make it to the final, apparently it's uh, it's live stream, so I'll, I'll keep you posted. All right. Well, we will live stream the live stream, and we will commentate on that live stream live <laughs> oh, on man. our Facebook. That's what we'll do if you make the finals. All right. All right. One more time. Yeah. Where can people go to uh, to donate and register your team? Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Jack Jury Memorial Dirt Bowl. Uh, email memorial.dirtbowl, memorial.dirtbowl at gmail.com. Hopefully you can edit that out. And, uh, yeah, send us an email, send us a, a DM, whatever, uh, whatever works. All right. Well, perfect. Uh, congratulations again. Good luck.
with everything. And uh, that's Joey Wentworth, founder of the Jack Terry Memorial Dirt Bowl, joining us on this mini mini show. We're hitting break on the other side. We will say goodbye for another week. Curling features all the best of what people look for in a new pastime. Great sportsmanship, strategy, athleticism, and community. With nearly a thousand curling centers in Canada, there's probably one near you. If you're interested in trying curling, you can find all the information and equipment you need at goldlinecurling.com. Goldline, the choice of champions. Listen. We all know someone affected by mental health, and that's why we at the Smitty Mitty Show have joined forces with the Jack Jury Memorial Dirt Bowl. Happening at 9 a.m. Saturday, August 13th at Pearson Soccer Fields in Port Elgin, Ontario, a day of flag football awaits you, concluding with raffles, auction, and dinner at the Queen's Bar and Grill. With over $30,000 donated so far this year, looks to be the biggest ever. For more information and where to donate, please visit the Jack Jury Memorial Dirt Bowl on Facebook. I'm Dave Middleton, a proud Sun Life Financial Advisor, and I've got some fantastic ideas for the money that's building up in your bank account due to COVID-19. Make more and protect more. Visit sunlife.ca slash dave.middleton. This is the Smitty and Mitty Show. All right, welcome back to the Smitty and Mitty Show here on the TSMS Radio Network and on the Smitty and Mitty Show podcast we are here wrapping things up for yet another week and what a fantastic show it has been this week you say that all the time though i've never heard you go wow this one was a dumb let's just move on to next week can you think off the top of your head any episodes that were junk just terrible to be fair every single show is a blur to me i don't remember what we did specifically i can remember some interviews you leave here and go home and then it's done i edit it Edit it again. Yeah, it's burned in your brain. again. So every single episode is like engraved on the inside of my skull. I remember there there's certain interviews that just get me excited and ready to go for the day that that the whole week I'm ready to talk to this person. And um, I remember those interviews. The actual beds of the shows, I don't remember too. I remember when I called Vladimir Guerrero Jr. not a home run hitter. Because you remember yeah. the bad ones, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Even though I still kind of stick by it, but I remember the bad ones. Yeah, I, I think what you meant by that is he's not a fifty home run hitter. Uh, which... Who is? I, I think he's more of a thirty home run hitter. Judge, thirty to thirty-five. Okay, yeah. If he played at Yankee Stadium, he could be a fifty home run hitter. I think. Oh, I mean, he was. Was he not? What was he? Forty-eight. What did he hit last year? Who? Vladdy. Uh, I don't know. Fifty-six. Close to it. Not 56. 76? It wasn't 50. 76? Did he hit 90 home runs last 91? year? 91? Let's thank our sponsors. Dave Middleton, Sun Life Financial. Life is brighter under the sun. Gold line curling the choice of champions. The Jack Jury Memorial Dirt Bowl. You just heard Mr. Joey Wentworth talk with us minutes ago, and we appreciate him joining us. You can check that out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Please find them. You know what? While you're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, please check out the Smitty and Mitty show. Shoot us a follow so you can see all the exciting things when our new episodes, our new podcasts are posted, which is happening Saturday morning next week. No. Yes, next sir. Week. Yes, sir. And speaking of interviews that get you giddy, we got one coming up next week. One of my exciting, one of my most can we, can sought we say after. It? Can we say it? Well, how long do we have here? Can we end it? We got about a minute. So we can't end it yet? We can't. Well, we can keep talking like this and trail off and keep and saying we're going to say it sudden, and then what, never say it. What if we just stopped and all of a sudden the music went how angry people would be? Well, could you imagine if we just didn't play the outro music and we just ended right here? Because what I want to do... Okay. What I want to do to give the people what I want to do to give the people how long do we got now? Uh, thirty seconds. All right. I'm just gonna do it. I'm excited. I'm just gonna do it. Okay. Everyone, 
This has been the Spinning Mini Show. We'd love to see you next week as we are going to be talking to one of our most exciting guests we've talked to yet, and that is... Stay on, right? We'll join the show.